Welcome into the Monkey Sports Podcast, episode number 20. Before we get started, wanted to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by Monkey Sports. If you use promo code PODCAST10 at checkout, that's the word podcast, and the number 1010 at checkout, you'll save 10% off all non-map items. Save a little bit of money on last year's gloves, maybe get a clearance stick down a little bit, help yourself head it off into the spring season and into the summer. Now, let's jump right into the show. Hi, hello, how are you? Once again, Monkey Sports Podcast, episode number 20. It's me, your boy, Hank Likes, leader of the Lacrosse Monkey social media world, and excited to be here, have a little chat. Wanted to ride solo here, a little Jason Derulo action. Wanted to jump on and just talk about lacrosse and all lacrosse-related activities, have a little break up here from hockey and baseball, and give you just more of the lacrosse world in one little compact 10-15 minute episode. Jumping right into this, kind of wanted to talk about something that's been on my mind here for the last few weeks. Uh, I've been coaching a lot recently with high school and youth, and that's it's always a whirlwind of the spring because you got multiple teams, you're going all weekend, you're getting pretty worn out, and you kind of start to see the same trends over and over again from the youth and through the high school level. One of the trends that I see a lot from youth and through high school, and it's, it's not really an issue, just more so something that I've noticed, is the complete lack of the shot clock is something that I wish we could see at the very least the high school level. Now, the shot clock was brought in, what, two, three years ago at the college level, and it's something that's really always been around at the pro level. And I've just really enjoyed watching pro or college games this season and seeing how quickly the game flows back and forth, right? It's not just stuck on one end of the field, stuck on one end of the field, stuck. It's, it's a consistent flow between offense and defense. There's this just tremendous impact on transition and got, you know, having midfielders that can play both sides of the ball, and it really allows for more flow. I think right after we got rid of the horn and it was kind of tougher to get subs on, teams were much more willing to just sit on the ball. And we were kind of in that in-between time when there wasn't really a stall. The keep it in was sort of still around, but not really. And, you know, guys with dominant face-off guys like we saw with TD Ireland, who we'll talk about here later, could just win you the ball every time. And, you know, you wouldn't really have to worry about having too much defense that game. It was all about just sitting on the ball and possessing and taking as much time as possible. College Hoops had this problem a lot, too, with uh, with Dean Smith, right, at UNC, where their whole offense was get up by, what, eight, six points in the fourth quarter and then just dribble the ball out. Just dribble the clock because there's no shot clock in NCAA basketball until, like, the mid 80s I want to say like right after Jordan left they kind of started to put it in and I it, it made the game better it flows much quicker there, there's a better back and forth and you can't just sit on the ball there's there's more of an emphasis on on moving and, and all that kind of stuff and I think lacrosse at the high school not really much the youth but you see the same trends right where if you have a good face-off guy and you've got kids that can just move the ball back and forth you can sit on the ball the whole game like there's no reason even unless you get a turnover or a shot save like you're just going to dominate time and possession, and ultimately, because the games are shorter and because there's no incentive to push pace, you can just sit on the ball and win games like 9-2 to two a lot of the time. And I think with college, having the shot clock, it's really benefited from it, and you know, it's letting some of these smaller teams who can just produce offense and you know, probably in the past maybe only had one or two good offensive players and defensively, you know, might not be recruiting as well, can just focus on just having so much firepower because they know they're going to get the ball back. And instead of trying to hold teams to under 10 goals, they're saying, you know, we're willing to give up 15, but we're going to try and score 17. And I think ultimately that's better for the product. With the high school aspect of this, at least here in Texas, there's there's no shot clock. And I, I highly doubt we'll ever see one just from a financial standpoint, right? 
there's so many teams that are still playing at like middle school fields or just public parks. And we've looked at shot clocks before and they're thousands of dollars. Like they're not cheap and it's something you've got to have someone dedicated on. They have to be able to to know the rules. They have to know when to reset. They have to have communication with the referees. It's just, it would be a mess. It's kind of a pipe dream to have, but I just, the stall rule is just so so subjective and at least there's no more keep it in where you got to keep it in the box under two minutes but even then it's just I don't know I just wish we had that shot clock I wish we had the flow and I'm really jealous of the college game because I wish it would just be more back and forth at least at the high school level one of the biggest storylines this year from college lacrosse has got to be how the freshmen have just shown up and dominated all over the field like Brennan O'Neill shows up to Duke he's like the fourth attackman he gets to start that first game because of some COVID stuff and he's just dominant he's just insane uh, the next couple games, he kind of comes out of the box. He's more their fourth. And this past weekend when they played, Brendan O'Neill just took over. Like, he looks like he's a, a fifth-year senior. He's dominating the ball, and, and the kid's 19 years old. And it's just incredible how these players are able to just transition from high school to college, be highly touted recruits, and not really struggle with the pressure, right? Like, they're they're able to show up and play almost the exact same way and dominate all over the field and I've just been so impressed with the college freshmen this year for men's lacrosse and women's honestly but it's just insane that these these kids are able to just show up and just continue to do what they did in in high school and especially club and I think that's one of the biggest things that you're seeing is because guys are coming in and playing such high level lacrosse for so many years they're able to come in and just dominate at the college level as well like if you're a freshman coming into college you've probably been playing against the kids a year older two years older than you since you were 12, 13 years old, if you're on those super elite travel teams, like if you're on 91 Crush or any of the crab teams in Baltimore or, you know, any of those sort of elite, elite, elite level travel teams and you're at world games and all this stuff, like you're playing the guys that you're going to play in college. And if you're the best amongst that group, it, it makes sense that that transitions. It's kind of interesting how in other sports like basketball or football, you see more busts coming out of high school just because the pressure is so much higher. And I think a lot of the times with those other sports, because there's so many teams and so many levels of competition, you see a lot of guys that might dominate at lower levels or might just kind of fit in the system at a higher level high school, show up to college, and it doesn't work. I think with lacrosse, it's not like that diverse amongst competition or skill level. Like there's definitely the high level, high level teams like your IMGs, your Culver's, Calvert Hall, MIAA, right? But if you're playing at like a, a lower level in Maryland, it's still pretty high level across. It's not this huge disparity between like 1A and 6A football, right? So because it's a lot more even across the board skill wise, you're seeing these guys playing high level competition and it's making sense when it translates to college and they're just showing up and just running the stuff, man. Like they're allowed to kind of have their personality and allowed to show up to campus and just be themselves. And because they've slowed the game down so much just inside their head, playing such level, high, such high club level lacrosse, it's just it's working, right? Like Owen Hiltz this weekend for Syracuse had like seven goals, I think, in their game against uh, Stony Brook, who has a men's lacrosse team, which we all forget about all the time, but just completely dominating. And, you know, 19-year-old kid out of Ontario, it just it just translates. The, the game just is so easy for these guys that are high recruits, and it's really impressive to watch. I think another player that definitely needs to be receiving the hype and very much so deserves it, it's Charlotte North at Boston College. She's been a complete highlight reel all season, anytime that Boston College plays lacrosse, you're going to see a Charlotte North shot, whether it's her diving and going behind the back or she's juking defenders, ducking under checks, just been a complete elite player. And if you're not plugged into women's lacrosse, at the very least, you need to be watching Charlotte North from BC. Just been a complete pleasure to watch someone here locally from the Dallas area. So someone I get excited about 
And it's just been so fun to watch. But anytime you get a chance to watch that BC team, you have to turn on the TV because you know Charlotte North's just going to do something crazy. It's just, it's been so fun to watch. And I think this year's for the women's game has been really, really fun. You're seeing so much more creativity and style. And a lot of these networks are, are broadcasting more games, which has been super dope. I know ACC Network has really put an emphasis on it this year. The Lacrosse Network's putting out free streams all the time, which is great. Uh, but the one big problem with the broadcast this year is a lot of these Big Ten games that are on Big Ten Plus and Big Ten Network have no announcers. Like, it's literally just like a still camera following the game. And I know there's been some some complaints on Twitter about that because in, in this COVID world, how hard is it to get, like, a Taylor Cummings on the broadcast from her home, right? How hard is it to just zoom in people maybe have a little bit of a delay and and get broadcasters for these games like if we want to elevate lacrosse you gotta you gotta elevate it as a whole and that means the men's and women's game a lot of the time people say that it doesn't work people don't want to watch women's sports in general and honestly it's just because there hasn't been an investment into it we haven't spent the time and allowed ourselves to figure out how what works what doesn't work i think if you just try and put in the same broadcast principles to a men's game as women's games you're definitely going to have a little bit of a different vibe. It's it's a different game. It's played differently. The the ball's the same, the nets are the same, the field is relatively the same, but it, from a from a pure competition standpoint, it's completely different in how you approach it, how you want to, you know, attack the game, and I think from a broadcast standpoint, they got to figure that out as well. I think getting more on on field cameras would be great to show that skill level and quickness and, you know, continue to use these announcers and and let these women make steps in getting better doing color commentary and doing these studio shows, right? Like we expect everyone to just be, you know, Paul Carcatera, Quint Kesnick right out of the gate and in reality, those guys have been doing this for 20 plus years. You you've got to let these women's announcers get a shot and not having them on the Big 10 broadcast is just a real bummer and you know, when I was growing up, I learned more about lacrosse from just watching like Duke games in 2008 on TV from the announcers than I ever did in practice. Right. Because I'm I'm learning stuff from guys that have played at such a high level in an area of the world I've never even been to. And they're able to teach you so much more stuff. And, you know, a lot of those little rules, those little cute things you could do as a player, you learn from announcers. And I think it'd be great for the women's game if if the Big Ten Network would focus on that more. And, you know, just get two people on a Zoom. Like, we we have this figured out. You don't have to fly them out to Rutgers or, you know, they don't have to be in Nittany Valley. Like, you just get on the Zoom, put them on, do it remote. This is, we've solved this. So, last bit of college lacrosse news here. It's official as of Monday the 15th. TD Ireland is officially enrolled in Denver University, DU, UD. I don't, I don't know which one it is. Denver has officially picked up the best face-off man in the country. Uh, he should play this, I think, this coming weekend against Villanova, what I was seeing reported. So that's going to be interesting to see how the number one faceoff man and his second transfer does. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about him and, you know, adjusting the play style because we're on SNG now. No more knee down, no more motorcycle grip. I'm sure he's adjusted just fine. But interesting to see how Denver uses him. They've kind of had a slow start there when they went to the Carolinas and played Duke and UNC on two day two games in three days there that's that's got to be tough and having a, an elite face-off man we'll see if that helps them especially in the shot clock era and last note here headed into the rest of the week have your eyes out on the flow fantasy website we are in talks to have a little lacrosse monkey daily fantasy contest going on this week so have your eyes glued to that we're definitely gonna be posted on it on social media maybe have some prizes maybe some some certain 
some certain things you could win potentially from the week. So have your eyes out on flowfantasy.com for the lacrosse monkey game. Uh, I'm going to be plugging it all week on the social medias. I'm really excited for this. It's it's a really cool project and something that deserves some love. So going to be having that coming up very, very soon. Get your lineups ready. Take a peek at that. Thank you once again for listening to the Monkey Sports Podcast. Don't forget, we're brought to you by our parent company, Monkey Sports. If you use promo code PODCAST10 at checkout, that's the word PODCAST number 10 at checkout, you'll save 10% off all non-MAP items. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.